0: Shall we pray together before we start? That'd be great. We thank you that we can meet together this morning, Lord Jesus. We pray for you to speak to us. We want to hear your voice. Set us free from those things that we think about ourselves that are wrong. I pray that we may lead this morning as changed people and uplifted by your Holy Spirit. Amen. So today, Um, We're finishing our series on, that we started way back in April, actually, when the end is the beginning. So this really is the end, But it really isn't, yay! (laughs) In summary of the past few weeks, for those who haven't been with us, um, and for those who nod off during the talks, um, it's been along the lines of looking at the end of the book of Luke um, and bringing us into the start of Acts where the church has taken off. Um, Both are written by Luke, who's noting down the goings-on of Jesus' death, resurrection, and how that has changed everything. Now comes the early church, and how the end of something is actually the birth of something new and exciting. Tim spoke last week so beautifully on a 10-point sermon, you'll be glad to know mine's only four. Um, He spoke about how the early Christianity compares to today. He was talking about how Jesus changes everything, and that Jesus' beaten death that we can be changed by him because he has beaten it all. We come to today and we're gonna look about four themes, maybe uh, from our passage that I'm gonna read from act, the end of Acts 4 all the way through to the end of Acts 5, so it's 48 verses. Please strap yourselves in. If you've got a Bible, maybe you wanna open it now, or hopefully it's on the screen, and, uh, or switch your Bibles on, on your phone, which is what I'm gonna do. Um, so I'll give you a second to do that. I'm gonna start from Acts four thirty-two. And it's headed, the believers share their possessions. And at the end of that, I'm gonna ask you to speak to somebody. Um, So maybe you can pay attention during the Bible reading and something that maybe sticks out to you. Okay, cool. Let's start. I've got the NIV version, is that the NIV? Yeah, great. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money to the, of the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had needs. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, Sold a field he owned and brought the money, and put it at the apostles' feet. Now a man named Ananias, together with his with his wife Sapphira, or is this is that all right? I would say that's Sapphira. It's all right. Uh, also sold a piece of property with his wife's full knowledge. He kept back part of the money for himself, but put the rest. But brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias how is it that satan has filled your heart so that you've lied to the holy spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land didn't it belong to you before it was sold and after it was sold wasn't the money at your disposal what made you think of doing such a thing have you not lied just to human beings to your church but to god when ananias heard this he fell down and died and great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then the young man came forward, wrapped up his body, carried him out and buried him. Three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's Colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Then the high priest and all of his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail, but during the night an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go and stand in the temple courts," he said, and tell the people about this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, we found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then someone come and said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared the people would stone them. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. (laughs) The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and saviour, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Galileo, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the man be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin: Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do with these men. Some time ago, Theodus appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about four hundred men rallied to him, he was killed, and his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed and his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go. For if their purpose or activity is human origin, it will fail, but if it's from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Thank you. Great. My question to you is, speak to the person next to you. What did you get from that passage? What stood out? to you from that passage. Well done for listening, have a little chat, go. Brill, great stuff. Sorry to stop your theological uh, discussions. Um, Hopefully you had some good discussion. Uh, So things were happening in Jerusalem. There was a huge buzz around the church and the word church, uh, you might know this already, but the word church more specifically came from this Greek word, Greek word, why has it gone back to the start? I hate technology. Ecclesia, the word Ecclesia. Everybody say Ecclesia. Ecclesia. I hope I've said that right. Its meaning is gathering of people, and as opposed to a church building. Um, This was the corporate identity of the Christians at the time, this gathering of people, and I think you'll agree, it must have been an exciting place to be must have been people were being healed a lot a really big deal it says in the bible that people were even trying to get close enough to peter's shadow Um, so acclaimed were the apostles so great was the holy spirit the work of the holy spirit so vast was the word spreading that things were happening however then we go on to read about the outside pressures the ecclesia faced during the time too verse 17 the pastor says people feel the jealousy They wanted to kill the apostles doing these things in the name of Jesus. The high priests, the associates, and the Sadducees, as we heard last week um, from Tim, that these political elites who were cuddling up to the Romans, arrested the apostles, threw them in jail, a pretty serious outside pressure, increasingly trying to marginalize the church, this ecclesia, and stamp it out. I won't ask you to put your hands up if you've ever been arrested, um, but the young people seem to think that I've been arrested. They always say, "You've been arrested." I definitely haven't, just to make that clear. Um, but let me explain this. Like, I've been on Everton away days, to see, and there's been police trouble, and they think I've been arrested because of that. I haven't. Um, this, this, uh oh, stop, man. This, um, this photo was sent to me by Sarah on the day of the Bourneville Festival, um, which was, seems to suggest I'm about to either lamp the policeman one, or he's about to arrest me. You can make your own mind off um, on that one. Or the time where my wife and I, we were on the way back um, to Birmingham from Liverpool, and we were travelling on the outside lane of the uh, motorway, and we were in the third lane, uh, travelling fine. Um, so it's the day after Boxing Day, so Boxing Boxing Day, yeah. Yeah, Boxing, Boxing Day. And so the police... Behind me, see in the in the mirror that there's an unmarked police car. Um, the flashing lights going off. So I was like, "I'll oh, get over, you know, let him pass." He's clearly in a rush. Um, he follows me into the middle lane, and then so he oh, needs to get out of the way, Let's move over again. Uh, and this policeman follows me again. So I was like, "This is for me." Step into the hard shoulder, and um, he knocks on the window. Uh, Sorry, sir. Do you know? I'm completely calm at this point. I haven't been speeding. I don't speed. Um, uh, much. Um, <laughs> I don't actually speed. And the uh, policeman knocks on the window, hey, do you know you're driving without insurance? I was like, no, 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 no. Get out of the car, completely calm, followed them into the police car. Anyway, cut a long story short, after Ralph. 45 minutes on the phone to Admiral and shouting at them in the back of this police car, it turns out I didn't have insurance, yeah. And it also turns out, um, and by the way, Naomi's in our car wondering what the heck is going on. Has Martin been arrested and all this jazz. And so um, to cut a long story short, I basically have been driving without insurance for three months, Um, having not transferred my insurance over to the new car and blah, blah, blah. It turns out that I get A six six, six points on my license and a £300 fine. I didn't get arrested, but at the time, they would have took my car off me, like seized the car, uh, so I had to buy insurance on the spot, although it was gone, I'd have to pick up from Stafford, a place miles away. Anyway, (laughs) so I didn't get arrested, but... It was awful, Um, but at the end of the day, it was good that I got stopped, otherwise I could have carried on driving without insurance. Um, But anyway, back to the pressure on the church. And verse 18, the apostles were thrown into prison, arrested and thrown into prison. It's not going well, Like they are under pressure. Verse 19, the Bible goes on to say, however, Uh, that an angel came down and brought them out and they began preaching again. Love it, brilliant. Later on, verse 35, a dude called um, Gamaliel, Gamaliel, sounds French, doesn't he? Gamaliel said, look, if this God isn't of God, it'll disappear. If it is, then it'll flourish, it'll be brilliant. We won't be able to stop it. Let that be true of our lives, that if God's involved, then we won't be able to stop it. Brilliant, amen. Despite all these great healings going on, people being added to the church consistently, all of this outside pressure, they must have been treacherous to the apostles, but boy, it didn't stop them, they just went on and went for it anyway, fair play to them. Rewind back to the early bit of chapter five with Ananias and Sapphira, and the pressure that comes from inside their own community. They didn't see it coming, like, like a smack in the face almost, part of their own community this ecclesia, this gathering of people in Jerusalem were going for it, right? Like they were smashing it, they were doing brilliant. Uh, wouldn't we all love to be part of that church in, in the early days? Let's all be part of Acts 4 church, yeah? Come on. <laughs> the problem is that there's no perfect churches, not ever, not now, not ever. Verse four, Peter says you've, you've not just lied to human beings um, but you are to your fellow church members as well and to God. Here we see the community coming under real threat. He was a new way of living in chapter four and we see this legend that is Barnabas. In fact, Luke wants to pr- like, make a point of introducing Barnabas almost. Real name, Joseph, son of encouragement. This kind of, he wants us to remember Barnabas. He comes and gives his offering to the apostles and then they distribute it to those in need. They had all things in common. They saw people in need, they sell stuff and give the money away. Ananias, on the other hand, who Luke breezes all, over almost, just in verse one, this fella's named Ananias, doesn't want to remember what he did. Ananias sees what Barnabas did in chapter four and wants some of the glory for himself. No one forces Ananias or Sophia to give to the church. Imagine Andamaki standing at the back of church. No, you're not going anywhere till like, I get all your money. It just, it's, not, it's not great, is it? It's like it wouldn't happen where he heard these words um, from verse four, who knows what was going on inside of Ananias, and then he died. The Bible says that fear gripped the church. I mean, you think? <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, they're being terrified. Why did they die? Did God kill them? Why did God kill them? Am I supposed to learn something from it? What am I supposed to learn from it? Will God kill me if I lie? You know, all these things must have been going through people's heads. Rest assured, I think we can learn something from this passage today. I think at church, we can be good at pretending that we're more together than we really are. Ananias sees Barnabas and he wants the applause of man not from God. Peter is saying to him, you're lying to God. You're pretending to be more than you are. Sometimes hypocrisy can be evident in our world, in our lives, but more relevantly today in our churches. We can show people on the outside that everything is okay in my life. Look, I've gotten more sorted than I really have. Sometimes we wanna seem maybe better than we really are. Or similarly, sometimes we, we may say, oh, how are you? And we might say, oh, yes, I'm fine. The reality is that it costs us something of ourselves to be, to be real with someone, to open up to them. It's far safer to pretend. The reality that it costs us something to be authentic. Some of the young people I work with, um, when I speak to their, like when I hear them talk to their friends, they're like, oh, yeah, bro, you know, these sneaks, yeah, they have cost me 700 pounds, yeah. Oh, they're brilliant, what are those you're wearing? They're, they're trying to fit in. These trainers, they're trying to pretend to be more than they actually are. They can brag quite a bit to fit in. I mean, it is tricky being young and all of that. And, and, but here we see Ananias pretending to be more than he actually is. When we hide stuff inside, essentially lying to people, maybe, either intentionally or not, then we're being a hypocrite. We're lying to that person or to ourselves or maybe to God. Stop puts it like this. Ananias shows not simply a lack of honesty in bringing only a part of the sale price, but also a lack of integrity, bringing only a part while pretending to bring the whole. When we don't share stuff, we don't bring the whole. We don't bring ourselves, we, which can be unhealthy for our soul. Like in Ecclesiastes 4, it says, two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. The Bible is saying here, let's go through the trench of life with someone. I mean, let's get practical. Who's that person or persons for you? Just chat to the person next to you. Who's that person or persons for you um, that you could go through the trench of life with someone um, and can you share anything with them? Go. Who's that person for you? Okay, great. So maybe it's that someone who knows exactly where you are. This is not an invitation to someone to judge you or condemn you, but in an effort to free you, to walk alongside you, to to be supported. Allowing someone or inviting someone into your life so that they can speak into it outweighs the benefits of keeping it to yourself. The government's own mental health website has this to say. It can be scary to reach out for help, but it is often the first step to helping you heal grow and recover mental health a big uh, topic at the moment there may be some stuff you're holding on to Uh, you just haven't managed to chat to someone about it yet or maybe there's some kind of sin that you're holding on to really sin is just selfishness and that rubbish that we that we hold on to but by saying no to the enemy we say yes to Jesus don't give the enemy permission to be part of your life For me, I feel like God's great blessing comes when we all come together. I love community. Yesterday, oh sorry, um, Friday evening, we had the privilege, and some of you in this room were there, um, of bringing people into the uh, of the pineapple estate uh, to celebrate our official launch of our um, pineapple youth project. We're officially a charity now, um, of the work that we do on the estate, and also we partner with, with YFC to become officially YFC. So it was an all-encompassing like, celebration of all that, and it was just brilliant. And there's a picture of it here. Um, of all the people in Church of Ascension. And we absolutely got the sense that night that when we come together, we're stronger. We get to hear the family's stories and the, the lives that Jesus is changing because Jesus changes things and he can change your situation and Jesus changes lives. When we open up, it can be scary, like the website suggested. And, but I feel like doubt and struggle shouldn't be seen as sign as weaknesses in the church in the people of God but as things that we can walk through together if we don't walk in encouragement and support in each other then hypocrisy may flourish as proverbs 27 says iron sharpens iron so one person sharpens another let's be real let's let's be people that develop relationships with other christians that are real not just on the outside but the stuff that is going on on the inside too Let's develop those real, authentic relationships with God too. If we're really honest, and there might be some truth in this for you today, we might have some stuff going on that we need to get right with God. Today, you might have an issue going on. Please don't wrestle with it today and do nothing about it. Psalm 103 says that God doesn't treat us as our sin deserves. Praise God for that. His grace is amazing. We mess up and he still loves us. Praise God, it's a miracle each time. When we trust in Jesus, we will be saved. He sees us as perfect, blameless and spotless. Guys, we are all in process, right? No one here has got it all sorted. And through the work of the Holy Spirit, we are being molded into to being more like Jesus. People are here to walk with you this morning, to pray with you this morning and it's difficult that that might be for some of you to open up maybe um, we're gonna have the chance to talk to people We don't have to pray with people that's cool just to talk to people what's going on in your life you might have to might have crazy things going on there might be something that you're thinking about right now that you just want to chat to someone about um, no one's going to condemn you or judge you this is just a chat and if you want to pray with people um, that's cool too Just be free and easy to go about it how you want to. Move around if you have to as well. Go and speak to whoever you haven't spoken to for a while maybe or um, I'm just going to pray and then we're just going to go for it. just have a chat for a couple of minutes, a few minutes. Just take it easy. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for speaking to us this morning. Help us to be real and authentic with our brothers and sisters as we do church together. We ask That we be changed by your Holy Spirit for your glory. And we give you all the glory, God. Amen.